We have people everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Millionth Podcast. My name is Henry, joined once again by James, and we're reviewing Quantum of Solace, um, released in 2008, directed by Mark Forster. And, I mean, this is typically a very overlooked Bond film, I feel. Like, even, even the makers kind of, they like, like to pretend this one didn't happen for some reason, which is probably what they should have had the attitude for for a later film, but... I mean, yeah, Quantum of Solace always gets downplayed. The first thing I want to say about this, this probably has the coolest title of any Bond film, other than Skyfall. But Quantum of Solace is such a cool, like, it's actually one of those where I actually learn what two new words meant by actually finding out what it means. So educational just from the from the off. Um, and yeah. yeah, like you say, it is massively downplayed. It's like they're almost ashamed of it, which... Like For I said, you know, dis- that shame disappeared later on, apparently. Um, and Quantum Solace obviously had, like, had its issues, but still, it was absolute... It's, it's fine. It's not, like, a, a bad film. It's it's okay. It's not, like, a great Bond film, but it's probably... I mean, probably safe to say it's maybe Daniel Craig's third best Bond film. So, you know... Yeah. It's not bad at all. I, I mean, it's it's a gr- it's a good action film. There's lots of good action in it, and um, yeah, it's got an bit. interesting plot. It's different, and yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, you can. I mean, Daniel Craig was brought on to do some of the writing, wasn't he? Because there's was a writer's yeah, strike. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because this, this is done during the writer's strike as well. So, but people I mean, really carry on, like especially the 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 people in charge. They they carry on like, oh yeah, it was like a nightmare. Like like carrying on like it was on the production of Blade Runner or Alien 3 yeah. or some like nightmare set like that. It wasn't, man. Like, this is... Yeah, but in fairness, I mean, it wasn't like in terms of like, you know, horrible stuff happening on set. It's more just like them being like, uh, like they were literally writing, rewriting stuff while shooting, basically. Yeah, uh, but that, that happens. That's not like a rare thing. Bond's always had the luxury of, you know, having the wind in its sails in terms of, you know, being able to get who they need and having the budget and having lots of time and space to do everything. I mean, I'm talking very generally speaking, but still, like, it's not like Bond, this is the most a Bond film has suffered during pre-production and during production, but all things considered, I think we can, Bond yeah. fans can be very grateful for that fact. Yeah, I mean, this, if there's one thing I can say that I quite like about this film is, well, two things unlike Casino Royale, it is very well paced, I think. It's very easy to watch. And there's something that's like, I don't know what it is, this film kind of just feels like fresh. I mean, I haven't well, watched it as many times as many other Bond films, yeah. but I've still seen it quite a few times. Uh, really? How many times have you seen it? Uh, maybe about four or five times. Really? Yeah, I think I mean, I've only seen it about three times. So this is probably my least watched Bond film other than well, alongside License to Kill and Fewer Eyes Only. Not because I've actively avoided Quantum of Solace or License to Kill. I have actively avoided <laughs> Fewer Eyes Only, but uh, nevertheless, like, uh, it's not a film that... I mean, it's obviously benefits from having a very short runtime, if not the shortest of any Bond film, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the shortest. What is it, 1 hour 47, if I remember Yeah, right? I think hour 46 or something. Yeah. And the other thing is that's interesting with this is you can effectively, you could, I mean, I don't know why you would, but you could literally watch Casino Royale and watch this right afterwards and you'd have like a, I don't know, a four-hour yeah, film. Yeah. Which, yeah. But 
I mean, yeah, it's the first ever Bond film which continued on from another one. Um, mm. like well, you could argue, you could argue Di- Diamonds Are Forever continued on from Honor Master Secret Service, but yeah, or you own live twice, but not not so not so much yeah. like a hard continuation in terms of like you know, yeah. returning characters, you know, returning plot threads and organizations and so on. Um, I think that's, that was a very cool decision, and what I like is. You get plenty of character development in this film for Bond, M, and Mr. White, which is good because they're all recurring characters. And yeah. um, I think it, it is a good decision to flesh them out a little bit. Well, not a little bit, quite a lot. And also Mathis comes back yeah. and Felix Leiser. Yeah. So it's good in that sense. It's, it's, like, um, it's not like an irrelevant Bond film where nothing happens. It's actually, you know, decent. Yeah. But still... Um, I mean, I feel like we can get just jump right. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, so we get the very beginning is uh, unfortunately not the gun barrel, but it's uh, opening shot of uh, some cliffside driving, and it's uh, a car chase. Mm-hmm. Which, while it's while the actual action in it is good itself, I feel like they uh, obviously this film most people know is quite influenced by Jason Bourne, which was quite successful at the time. And the editing style reflects that in a lot of the action. And in this case, with this car chase, it was just, there's too many fast cuts, like, yeah. to a ridiculous degree, where it makes it hard to tell what's going on sometimes. Um, and to be honest, I could have missed out this part. I, I actually genuinely... No, you're joking. This is, like, the part of the film that most people remember it for. This is the part which people go, yeah, this is the best bit. Really? And you don't feel that way at all. Not really. The, I think the best bit is really at the end where he's just like, yeah. everything's yeah, over. Right. He's just like, you know, Daniel Craig, his performance in this is great, by the way, I have to say. He looks like kind of just, you know, exhausted after everything. You know, his car's battered. Um, I think, yeah, this is... Yeah. Well, possibly. I mean, if we're talking about pure acting, actually, you know, he was great in Skyfall as well, but... I still think this is his best performance, at least to yeah, my it's, it's well, definitely top two. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And I think this might have come out the same year as The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, or maybe that came out in 2010. Um, but either way, I think this is just about around Daniel Craig's prime as an actor as well. Just like very good. very he's, He knows how to be intense. And, um, and he doesn't have to display any emotions in this film that he's not particularly strong at, which I would argue is you know, romantic side. Yeah. But again, you know, having said that, you know, I think with most Bond actors, most Bond actors actually struggle with genuine romance other than, I would argue, perhaps Pierce Brosnan, Mm. George Lazenby, but only because the film was literally built around a romantic plot, effectively. And also they had an actual... I would argue perhaps Timothy Dalton a bit for, um, because of the the Living Daylights. Yeah, but License to Kill is just non-existent, basically, so... Yeah, but obviously that's a different sort of tone. But um, but yeah, it's it's not often. So yeah, I mean, it's not really. I'm not really criticizing Daniel Craig for that because at the end of the day, Bond isn't or shouldn't be a romantic kind of guy. I mean, yeah, he's charming, obviously, and handsome, but he's not like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. But anyway, this car oh, chase yeah. is awesome, man. In my opinion, you get plenty of the DBS because. That's kind of a little complaint I had with Casino Royale, the fact you you know it, you have a beautiful car there, and they use it for a, like a pretty iconic stunt. 
But other than that, it's not really utilised as much as it could be. And now you, you, it really is like, you know, battered. So yeah, so yeah, it's, it's they, they do actually. Yeah, they do. They do pull out, you know, a lot of stuff for uh, is Aston Martin. You know, you actually get to see it do stuff which you wish you could have seen in. Uh, yeah, it's not, Maybe... it's not uh, no gadgets either. It's just driving. The door gets ripped off. And my favourite bit is the fact that like. You know, because it, it's quite easy to forget, you know, like at the end of it all, he opens up the boot and Mr. White's still in it. Yeah, like, Mr. White's <laughs> in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then you get to cut into the, yeah, he's like, it's time to get out. And then it's like, um, cuts into the opening credits, the opening titles of uh, Another Way to Die by, uh, yeah. it's uh, Jack White, Jack and, Alicia White Keys. and Alicia Keys. Yeah. Oh, I love this Bond theme, man. I think this is one of the best yeah. ones. Daniel Craig, to be fair, has some great Bond has themes. Has excellent Bond themes. Like, really, really top draw ones. And this is one of them. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the music video for this as well, but uh, it's also very cool. It's kind of like... Yeah, the, I didn't yeah, like I'm it glad there's parts that they cut out of it, though, from the original music video. Yeah, of course. And... Um, I didn't like it at first, to be honest, but it's grown... I, I like it the more I listen to it, and it, it's really grown on me over the years i think it's actually really good i think it'll reflect well in our rankings at the end yeah another thing i'd like to say as well the titles themselves the um credits design again it's interesting it's not as good as casino royale's one of course but um especially like the very beginning part where he's just like in the middle of the desert and um you know he goes for a shot and the camera is like following the bullet itself um and then it goes into you know the titles and everything else and all the credits um as as you uh sent me on whatsapp earlier there is the uh alternate one which would have also been very cool but yeah but there wasn't so you don't yeah, want like it, no time to die length, by shelly massey yeah she did uh no good about goodbye but that wasn't meant to okay. be uh that wasn't that was never actually a contender to be the uh song in this because it was made after the fact um but still it's very good if you uh, haven't heard yeah it's it, okay it's decent can find on youtube unsurprisingly or spotify uh, whatever you're listening to this to me that they've kind of well for these two films they've abandoned they abandoned trying to actually get the title of the song in i mean casino rail could have been done but not we're not complaining because uh you know my name is such a fantastic song yeah. but uh console solace would have been interesting to see if someone was uh could have fit that into some sort of lyrics but anyway yeah that's true but still um we open back up again after he's, uh, you know, dragged Mr. White to this uh, this chair uh, where him, uh, he sees M and M's like, you know, you look like you haven't slept in about 20 years. And he was like, yeah, great. Um, and they do actually, you know, come to the part where, you know, the CIA is like, well, you know, they wanted to have Le Chief and he's like, yeah, well, I gave him. And, and, and then she's like, well, you know, gave him the, his body. And uh, for the line that Craig says, he's like, um, you know, if they wanted this soul, they should have made a deal with the priest. Which is quite funny. I mean, he likes. I I, I quite like. There's a lot of dry humor in this. I feel. Yeah. Um, and I think this is like quite a good play on when we first meet um, Lashie from Mads Mikkelsen when uh, he's like, you know, he doesn't believe in God. He believes in a reasonable rate of return, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know, what? that should have been among our Sigma quotes. I think. Come think of it, but maybe. But mind. still, we have. Um, yeah, Mr. White's just like, you know, oh, I'm not going to tell you anything. Oh, you guys don't know who we are. And uh, we also have people everywhere. 
including mm. this guy who's like yeah he's a bodyguard right and obviously you know it's the james bond film but he didn't think to shoot, no less he has, he has a perfect time just to shoot bond in the head when he's not think, looking but um he doesn't he shoots another random guy then goes for bond um and then dips and then m also dips and bond mm. chases after this guy leaving a mr white to conveniently escape mm. um all the while we've got a uh yeah, like some sort of Spanish, I don't know, festival, something going on, like overgrounds that he has to chase this guy through. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like rooftop chasing, which I quite like, especially I think the best part is when he's Bond's um, like kind of lost the guy up in a tower and he's like ringing the bells and trying to figure out where he is. Yeah. Um, which is quite tense as well. Yeah. I mean, it eventually ends in, you know, and they end up on some sort of like wacky construction site sort of type thing. Yeah, it's rope fighting, uh, which is yeah. very cool. Very, yeah, yeah, and it's full of suspense and tension because he's just trying to reach for the gun and it's just out of his eyes. Oh, it is good. The The action in this film is pretty, pretty perfect, I would say. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if this is my personal opinion, like I showed you uh, earlier, the there's like an ultimate yeah. gun barrel for this part specifically. I really think, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. They could have cut out the car chase at the start um, and then had oh, this bit. You're right, crazy, man. You're cutting out intro. arguably the best, well, what most people uh, acknowledge is the best part of the film. But I do agree that it wouldn't have been any harm in like making that, because that's the point of Bond, well, the opening sequence, right? Pre-title sequence is meant to be like action drama and then you have the song and then like a bit of a this come down after that. So yeah, it would have worked either way, but I think we can forgive him for that. It's it's not bad the way it is. It could have been, yeah, it would have been very, be it would have been great for that to be the gun barrel bit, but yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose this film doesn't really suffer from having like a lot of fat on it, I suppose. Anyway, um... We do go on to uh, yeah he does he does uh, unsurprisingly kill him you know and um, then they have a great uh... are you uh, are you able to hear me yeah come on yeah I can hear you get on with it man well I can't hear you right now but. Yeah, well, my fucking internet. Yeah, there's just a massive lag on my end and the internet disconnected for the third fucking time. Anyway. Yeah, I hope that one gets left in. Um, right, so then we move right on to London, uh, where uh, we get to hear a lot about Craig Mitchell, you know, Agent <laughs> Craig, and, uh, you know, how he has... Uh, yeah, no family. They can't find anything out about him. Uh, he even gave generously to charity. Um, and they're like talking about uh, Le Chiffre's money that they basically. Well, 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 well Henry, you're not implying you're not implying that you know people who give to charity might have an alternative me uh, motive, do you? No, definitely not. Um, but they're talking about these like marked bills and so on that they use to basically track who who Le Chiffre was doing business with. We also get M saying, uh, Judy Dench saying uh, tenor, which sounds quite funny. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I might have a tenor in my pocket from one of these. Um, but then they find, oh, yeah, there's a whole stack of these bills, actually, that went to this guy in Hazy. So, Bonnie should definitely check that out, which he does. 
because it just cuts straight to him in Haiti, which uh, at least they saved like 30 seconds on um, them telling him to do so. And he goes to the hotel and has another Jason Bourne style fight in the hotel, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Very good. Um, and stabbing the guy in the neck. Um, and, uh, you know, another lead that he kills, you know. Um, but he does manage to get a suitcase from downstairs, which was supposed to be for this guy. And he does a bit of blagging um, as he meets Camille. Um, and. This is quite good because this is Bond thinking of stuff on the fly. You know, he's trying to, you know, basically Improvise. preserve this cover identity he knows nothing about. Um, and yeah, he's a geologist, you know. Um, mm. I'm glad he doesn't have to do like a Roger Moore style, you know, questionnaire, you know, of like, you know, what tectonic plates are where and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they find out they're being tailed. She tries to shoot him at some point. Uh, but then he ends up following her uh, on a bike. Uh, and then we get to meet, as a result, uh, Don Green and his bowl-cut henchman. Yes. Um, off by the docks. Yeah, that, that henchman, man. Like, I don't know I don't know what, what like decision they made to make this guy look as, as big of an idiot as possible. But <laughs> um, I don't know. This is, I think this is one of people's biggest criticisms of the film, which I don't really understand. A lot of people don't like Dominic Green, and is it just because he's short or he doesn't have like a facial disfigurement like every other Daniel Craig Bond villain? But I don't know. He really pulls off like you know being like a like a really slimy character. Like he, like no offense to the actual actor himself, but they really cast a guy who kind of like has got these like bug eyes. You know? Um, yeah, in a way. He, I mean, maybe this is just fresh off the fact we watched uh, Aliens the other day. Um, but he kind of reminds me of the guy from the company, like that kind of presence where it's just like, okay, he's not particularly threatening or, or menacing, but yeah. not someone that you want to like, he's just, yeah, just uncomfortable to be around and all, you know, just, yeah, he, he's got yeah. a good presence. It's, and again, yeah, I don't think you should be criticized for that because he's, um, you know, we've, we've seen all kinds of Bond villains and this one's not a bad one. It's just more of a low key one. And yeah, I don't totally think that's bad one. You know, I mean, especially for this film, he fits the Quantum of Solace as well. So I don't think it's uh, necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I also like to point out, I found this out randomly before we did this episode. Um, The uh, actress who plays Camille, uh, her name is Olga Kurilenko or something. Yeah. She's randomly in like quite a few films. Yeah, she's in Johnny English Strikes (laughs) Again. She's also in uh, Hitman. And she's also in the November Man, which is you yeah, know, yeah. She's loads of stuff. She's in Seven so, Psychopaths as well. Yeah, so that's random, but yeah. Um, well, she, she's yeah. a pretty interesting career, man. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's pretty good. Yeah, she's also very good in this film. I feel. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, as, but like at the same time, it's like well, she manages to make you know a good character while the writers also haven't made it so that it also bogs down the film, which tends to be the case with a lot of previous mm-hmm. films, if you know yeah. um but yeah they also get to meet um this general who's gonna be the new dictator of bolivia after the last one um and you know they they're talking about this deal they're gonna make where you know green's gonna use quantum to depose the current government and then put him in charge and in return he gets this totally worthless uh you know desert land which has definitely got nothing important underneath yeah. it um but yeah, um, and also Camille's supposed to be part of this deal, 
Um, and yeah. he, he's just something like horrible that like, I oh, throw her over the side once you're done, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. And because um, he he trades her with this like, where's he from? This uh, well, this, this corrupt, you know, politician effectively. So I could have just said politician there, but yeah, a, yeah. a more obviously corrupt one. Yeah, a general specifically, and uh, yeah. yeah, as a result, Bond's like, oh yeah. Uh, he gives his universal exports card. Being like, yeah, tell us. Yes, cool. we uh, love to see that man. A bit of con- continuity there, like you know, I love, I love it when they name drop universal exports. That's like, yeah. it's a little bit of a um, crowd pleaser move, uh, fans. Uh, it's, but it's not, it's not fan service. That's something that's so key to Bond, and there's no reason not to use that every now and then. Yeah. Also, Universal Exports is just a really cool cover sort of title. This, exactly, uh, and it's so generic and it's so like real world man you know it's like universal exports could totally exist man as like a cover thing yeah. in fact i saw a building one called there's something so i'll send you a picture another time i need to like make sure but it literally says it's not universal exports but it's close it sort of combines the two words yeah. but yeah so, so it's not quite toshiba british intelligence but no know. not quite you also have for since some... you brought up another johnny english reference i did want to <laughs> i did want to point out that there is another crossover the the actor later on who pops up as he's a foreign secretary in this he uh, plays Pegasus in English yeah. as well so that's yeah that's nice worth mentioning yeah, so, yeah. as well um yeah you also have when someone points that out I I couldn't like I had to just pause just to check it again that there's like some random extra for like one frame he's just sweeping nothing he's sweeping the air you know oh yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah we know this one <laughs> uh, but then Bond goes uh, onto a boat chase which is uh um, yep. yeah interesting i mean there's not much to say about it because he's, he's going to save camille uh and then he finds out oh it turns out she was actually trying to kill the general but wait is it at this point that what at what point does he meet camille in the car as well i thought that was, that was before this right you know when they're both in the car together and um yeah that's when she tries to shoot him i think right it was early uh, when uh, yeah. he's pretending to be a geologist. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not much that happens in this boat chase. It's just kind of, you know, a lot of action. It's all yeah, good, to be honest. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, it feels similar to the car chase at the beginning. There's nothing special, but it's not bad. Um, the only thing that hurts a bit is the, it's not, it's not as bad in this case. It's just like very, very fast editing, which is like, mm-hmm. You know, a bit a bit jarring, but yeah. anyway, it's kind of like the opposite of the um, Don't On The Day car chase. There wasn't too many cuts during that, to my knowledge. But anyway, um, yeah, so they end up getting out of that, you know, um, and Bond, she gets knocked out in the meantime because of a boat that went right over them. Uh, reminds me a bit of like when the boat's on the back of the other boat. It reminds me a bit of like in a. What's it called the Last Crusade, where they have um, you know the motorbike on the back of the other motorbike. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he's like sees that Green's going on a private jet, and uh, he's like, oh yeah, M, uh, can you please get me a plane to uh, wherever this one's going? And uh, she gives him the uh, charter flight, and I think yeah, because she gets on the phone with um, with like the director of the CIA for South America or something, mm-hmm. um, and. She's like, oh, yeah, can we get some information on Dominic Green? And he's like, oh, definitely not, because uh, we're not <laughs> working with him for sure. Or Felix Light is also on his plane. 
Yep. And um, yeah, the great it's thing so is random, well, it, I think that's a really cool move they did because it almost makes Felix like, look like not a villain, but it's good because that's genuine CIA stuff as well. He's like there and he's you know seen too oh, much cool. kind of thing, and he has to and he's obviously the good guy, but it's also like whoa, he's you know <laughs> could get sticky yeah. for sure, you know. And as well, um, yeah, so green, it turns out that Green's actually going on the same plane as these guys, um, along with this bulk-up henchman who you just don't want to see, to be honest. Um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, this is a very generic US uh, uh, deal where they say, oh, yeah, well, so long as we get the oil, you can do yeah. what you want, more or less. We'll sanction uh, the other guys. And... Yeah, Felix is just like, oh, yeah, they're also like, oh, well, you know, we also need to get rid of this guy. And, um, you know, partially on the photo of Bonds, then Felix just like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, do you um, do you know this guy? And all he says is, you know, sorry, you know, more like, which I I wonder what he means by that, other than, you know, maybe like, you know, I feel sorry for you that he's probably going to like how much he knows yeah, like, it's late, it's like it? yeah. Bond is um, <laughs> like. But still, I mean, he has a, a conflict of interest here, of course. And um, the other guy, oh, what's his name? The the guy kind of looks like Ned Flanders a bit, like that mustache man. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. He's not the director of the CIA, but he's some higher up. Yeah. He's like saying, oh, well, you know, I, I need to know you're on the team, Felix. Yeah. And I, even though I know you know Bond, I should definitely have gotten someone else to help me on this. Um, and they have a... Uh, this it's not a concert, but it's like a performance in Austria, which I think is great because um, uh, Bond sneaks in, you know, and Daniel Craig's looking great in this tux that he's nicked from another guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of this is this is the thing I like about this is like the they it's just like these little bits of like you know visual comedy or just like the dry humor generally. I mean, it feels like I mean for this film, it's quite appropriate. I feel. Um, and he also finds that's where Daniel Craig got his uh, got to do his bit of writing. I wonder if he contributes to that because in general he he does strike me as the kind of guy who like you know does enjoy that sort of dry banter. You know, like that that yeah, is probably. that fits in probably. Yeah, maybe. And he uh, yeah he sees that they're all getting these special gift bags that he manages to nab one for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. Cause it's like a little. It's like yeah, a like a kid's cute, birthday party. You know, yeah, <laughs> a little cute earphone. <laughs> Um, which is interesting. <laughs> EFPs. Probably got little Snickers or a Twix in there, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And they, um, yeah, he, he also like he, he knocked out this guy in the bathroom to, um, you know, steal this gift bag, and he just like rips the handle off the door and then just leaves it, which is you know great. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ends up being on the look, while they're all watching this performance of I think it's Tosca, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you know, this gives me some sort of like living daylights vibe, sort of. Uh, sort of. Oh yeah, it's very cool. He's like it, it bond at any kind of like you know performance of like some arts is just interesting, I guess. Yeah. And he's going up the, uh, you know, he manages to listen in on all the conversations they're having. Like, you know, everyone from Quantum is there. Uh, they're talking about like you know their conspiracies and so on. While he baits mm-hmm. them out, being like, oh yeah, can I uh, say something? I think you guys should meet somewhere else. So they yeah. all like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they all leave except Mr. White, who's just there, like doesn't care. Um while uh Bond's, you That's know That's quite smart though. It's it's less suspicious if you don't move, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's cool that you get to see him there. I forgot that he was there. 
um, and they'll pop off and uh, Bon has a, lo- a little bit of action in that hall, you know, mm-hmm. while the music is still playing, which is, I, I don't mind actually, you know, they could have, you know, done more generic action music and editing, but at least they didn't bother this time because um, it's something different. Um, and uh, they, he, or he also is snapping pictures of all these guys uh, with his, I don't know, must have the greatest phone quality, camera quality ever. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're face ID all these people. And also, actually, I, I just kind of forgot. This is the last time for sure that we'll ever see a Bond film come out with only a two-year gap. Yeah. Right, because after this it was like two years, then four years, then three years, and then what, like seven years or something stupid. So, yeah, yeah. No idea. <laughs> I don't know, but still, um, yeah, they managed to identify a lot of these people. A lot of these people are very powerful, of course, and uh, one of them is Guy Haynes. Yeah, remember, remember that name because he's the uh, one of the yeah. most close advisors to the prime minister, and uh, Bonds <laughs> is trying to get some information out of this guy's bodyguard. And uh, knocks him off a roof, kind of Roger Moore style, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very reminiscent of that, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and his, his corpse lands on um, Green's car as well. Well, it's not. I don't think it's, it's corpse by them, but then uh, his henchmen kill him. Yeah, certainly. Is um, yeah, Green's like, yeah, is this this guy work for me? He's like, then why is he looking at me? You know, and then they they all just go out and shoot him. That might be a sigma quote of the film, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and M's like. It's, it's interesting you get to see this from M's perspective as well, because she's like, you know, mm. Bond's really, like, testing her patience, because he keeps killing all the leads. To her knowledge, you know, he's kind of, you know, a bit of a rogue element here, and he's just going exclusively out of, you know, a revenge because of Vesper and so on and so forth. Um, so she doesn't know whether she can really trust him or not. And then she's like, yeah, you know, cancel his passports, you know, cancel his cards. Um, and it's interesting to see it how is Bond... actually in, in in those kind of beats, even though it doesn't happen face to face, it is kind of the same kind of beats as License to Kill, isn't it? Because that's like a, a revenge vendetta sort of thing, and then he gets his like privileges stripped from him. So yeah, similar yeah. in that sense. And he only realizes you know what both of these films actually you know, you, there are some parallels you can draw between the two, I would say. I think I don't think that's a, quite an unfair comparison, to be fair. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, ending in some sort of desert area, I suppose. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Bond only realizes that he, uh, yeah, his all the cards have been declined when he's trying to book a book a ticket for an uh, a plane to Bolivia, I think. Yeah. Um. Again, and then he, he like tells the lady at the front get front desk like, oh yeah, by the way, um, you know. Someone's going to call you in a minute. And uh, tell them I went to Ka- tried to go to Cairo, which is a great. So he's trying to throw off MI6. Um, the <laughs> for five minutes he gets to go back to go back to Italy again from previous film. And he gets to meet Mathis, um, which is kind of like that was interesting. Yeah, this it's thing which is kind like... of funny in this where like Mathis is talking to I don't know his wife. I did you hear any of what I just said? Yeah, yeah. And I know it's, it's like. It's quite, um, it's good because it's kind of, you know, Bonds goes there with like his tail between his legs, really, because he's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about, um, you know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, obviously, Matt has been very nicely compensated, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's just implied that he got like pretty tortured to shit, man, you know, before that. Yeah. So. Poor bastard. 
Yeah, it's, like, it's quite funny, though, where he's, like, speaking in uh, Italian. He's like, you know, this man had me imprisoned and tortured, like, the way to introduce him. And, like, all this time, like, Bond's kind of just, like, you know, grinning because he probably understands what he's saying. Um, and, uh, you know, they have... He's like, oh, yeah, can you... I know, you know, all the torture and all that, but can you join me on this great trip to, I don't know, <laughs> Green's epic eco-party or whatever? Um, and then, like, in the evening, they're like, oh, yeah having a chat again and you know the bartender explains what martini bonds drinking in excruciating detail mm-hmm. um and the thing is as well i was really like when like matt is talking about you know i have pills for everything i really was dreading like some really bad joke but then it just ends up like going depressing it's like you know some make you taller some make you forget and then they just leave mm-hmm. it at that yeah and bonds he- just like sitting there like He's only doing you know, like forget ones, you know. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, because this film is like generally kind of got like a bit of a dour sort of tone, um, which is fair enough. And that's why and, fits, uh, that's why Daniel Craig is like particularly good. I think he really fits those like really dark films. So, like again, I mean, I know I've mentioned it a lot, but for anyone that likes Daniel Craig and his films and wants to see him in something other than Bond. I'd strongly recommend The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. There's another one which I think called Layer Cake, which is basically his audition for Bond, which I haven't seen yet. But um, but yeah, if you if if you enjoy really dark movies, I, and I, this is this is David Fincher I'm talking about, so you know you can't go wrong there. Then yeah, I strongly recommend it. This is a very underrated film, so yeah, yeah, people should go check that out. Yeah, but yeah, but, uh, uh, again, yeah, very dark there. Yeah, so Mathis gets Bond's, you know, some uh, dodgy papers and uh, a card that actually works. So they end up getting to Bolivia again. They um, say I'm pretty sure it's Bolivia, but he uh, also ends up running into Miss Fields uh, or oh. Strawberry Fields. Oh. Questionable name, but um, she, yeah, she's like trying to get. She's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to turn you back and send you send you on the uh, plane back to London. And then he's just like, yeah, don't care. Yeah, uh, he just turns it on. He's like, oh, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I I never understand this. It's like, why did they send like someone who does like an office job, who's you know, you know, some attractive woman to Bond? Like, it's never gonna work, and you know it. Um, just send like I don't know, ten people down to like you know, I don't know, who knows. Um, but they do get like a, a r- mindly funny line where like <laughs> like what's it? Mathis says to him, you know, oh, I think she's got handcuffs, and then Bond's like, yeah, I hope so, because you know, re- you know, reminiscent of Bond's his time. Bond's bastard. <laughs> it reminds me of his time in Mads Mikkelsen's basement. Oh yeah. So yeah, and as well, they go to this like you know crappy you know cover hotel where Mads it's like all his basement, right? <laughs> yeah, it goes to this like hotel where it's like oh. Um, it's like very rundown and everything. She's like, well, you know, we're supposed to be teachers on sabbatical. This is all like going to help our, you know, our cover. And he's like, no, no, we're going to go somewhere else. So it's like the most expensive hotel in the entire yeah. place. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, yeah, um, we're teachers on sabbatical. We also just won the lottery, which is just like yeah. <laughs> great. Um, so, you know, they're chilling in that hotel room and, uh, you know, She's like eventually like, oh yeah, I'm so angry with myself. And then he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you are. And then Mattis is like, yeah, here's your invitation to Green's birthday party, which they attend. It, um, it's it's a pretty like cringe 
outcome for that and very inevitable you feel but yeah that that I mean, what else do you expect and i suppose in that sense it works because it's like well you know yeah i, I don't know i mean the the party the, that that atmosphere the whole party sequence is actually pretty cool though to be fair mm. yeah this they've really managed to nail it reminds me of a bit of american psycho actually like the kind of that you know that scumbag kind of rich people party that like you know only like elites get to attend um sort of vibe and where like green is giving like this really you know i'm such a great guy speech you know yeah. oh, i care about the environment so much and he's even talking to some investors when camille starts you know um you know uh, rocking his bow which is like oh yeah something about that time where you like you know logged on like, the whole amazon or something um and they're all just like, oh, I don't know about that. And then he's like, you, you know what? Though I just have to say it because it's something that always bugs me. It's like something I can't not notice. And I suppose this bothers me more than most people. But actually, yeah. I'm really not sure how much taller she is than him. You know, it's like I mean, it's not Hank and Marie levels, but it's still like that. that I can't, um, I can't not notice that. Do you know what I mean? Well, he is, you know, supposed to be this sort of like little rat. He's not really yeah. the main villain of Quantum, obviously. So, you know, it's like with Le Chiffre. I mean, not to the same extent, obviously, but they're both just pawns in a much larger game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, but he tries to like, you know, push her off the, the uh, roof, basically. Well, not the roof, but her balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, when Bond turns up, he's like, oh, yeah, what's up? <laughs> and, you know, Green's just like shitting himself. Um, and he basically manages to dip um, uh, with Camille and uh, Miss Fields um, in the best thing she does in the entire film trips up the bowl cut guy um, <laughs> all the way down the stairs, man. And yeah. uh, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, while like, yeah. I don't know why they. Uh, yeah, whatever. No, no. But it doesn't really matter because Bond. Uh, I don't know. He's he's trying. To, he's driving away in his car, and then he realizes, oh, the police are going to pull me over because they're definitely very fair and not corrupt. Mm. Um, they're like, oh yeah, where are your papers? He shows them, and then they're like, oh, can you open the back of your car, please? And he's like, well, why would you want me to do that? Oh, there's a corpse in here because mm. uh, he left Mathis alone because he's such a great guy, and I'm um, using them as a human shield, in fact, to uh, uh, dispatch of these policemen. Mm. And uh, their last, you know, conversation is like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, Vesper really cared about you. Do you remember Casino Royale, guys? Uh, yeah, she actually yes. sacrificed everything for you. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, something, something. Uh, yeah, we forgive each other, right? And then Bond doesn't actually answer that question. Then uh, puts him in, uh, you know, a dumpster. Yeah. Uh, and um, Camille's like, you know, is this any friends? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't have any friends. Well, he just says, yeah, yeah he wouldn't care. Um, which I don't know if that's true to be honest, but who knows? Oh, I wouldn't give a shit, man. Me personally, if someone wants to, like, you know, like, don't not on that note, I don't want to go there, but still, like, man, like, who needs a funeral, man? Just like throw me in the river, you know? Like, ah, uh, uh, Mathis, uh, yeah, you're dead. Who cares, man? Yeah, but in a bin, to be fair. It is unceremonious, anyway. obviously, but pff, whatever. Yes, yeah, so Bond typically is unceremonious, anyway. But they go, uh. Yeah, they go back to La Paz and uh, they fly that very large plane and mm-hmm. 
I don't know why that guy was working on it in the middle of the desert, but either way, this is an excuse for a plane chase, which is yep. pretty good. Pretty cool. We get a, a car, a boat, and a plane chase all in the same movie. I'm trying to think Let's of the last time that happened. Warfare. Maybe Moonraker, I think, all three happened. No, there wasn't a car chase in that, was there? We had cable yeah. car, so... <laughs> yeah, technically. It wasn't yeah. really much of a chase either. But anyway... Um, yeah, that's, it's, I mean, it's generally the same as much of the action in this film. It's just good. There's not, just not much to, uh, to say about it. Um, but they uh, do get shot down while Bond manages to pull off some trick, which uh, forces the other part to crash, basically, um, which is quite cool. And they quit, have a very questionable way of saving themselves with that parachute, where like they open it like a foot above the ground, which mm. uh, doesn't lead them to break any bone or even sprain anything. Um, but they do find what Green has been looking for the whole time. It's just a giant reservoir of water, um, which is quite cool because this is very ahead of its time in terms of uh, water being a resource that people want to control now because basically wars are starting to be fought over water now, so that's interesting. Um, and it's also like, I think it's at this point you sort of cut to like the remote desert village and stuff and they yeah. don't have any water in their taps and it's yeah. like, you know, it is very like gritty, you know. Yeah, yeah, and this is something. This is something I wanted to mention as well, which is important for a Bond film. I mean, especially if the stakes isn't like, oh, we're gonna, you know, destroy the whole world. In which case, you know, you can picture what that is. If it's if your plot is a bit more abstract, you have to at least show the consequences of what will happen. Mm -hmm. This is a problem they have in Spectre, where it's like, oh, we're <laughs> gonna have CCTV. All right, so what are you gonna do with it? And they never elaborate on it, and you never get to see what happens with it either. Um, but in this, it makes it feel real. It makes you kind of sympathise, obviously, with the people mm. affected. And it makes you obviously hate Dominic Green because this is just a massive hypocrite. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point. But then M also gets to see the foreign minister and uh, she's like, well, you know, the PM can speak to me if he wants. And then the guy's like, oh, well, yeah, if he wants to. Um, it's got M meets Pegasus, man, you know? Like yeah. Yeah, joint universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The 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 uh, MI6, MI7 joint universe <laughs> crossover. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, literally, even from Doctor No, they've uh, mentioned MI7. So you know. Anyway, um, yeah, she gets you know told. Well, you know, you know, if we it, the guy what's the thing that the guy says, you know, if we didn't want to work with bad people, we wouldn't have anyone to trade with anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, which is. Yeah, you know, true in the real world. But I kind of like that in this, to be fair, it's not like most films where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to show like the CIA or the British government or the US government being like, uh, actually, the good guys. It's kind of, or, or in yeah, terms yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. really it's kind of generic either. It's like, yeah, yeah or is... like a really fake way of saying, yeah, they're definitely bad. But there's one good guy in it. It's, it's probably, now that you mention it, it's one of the most realistic Bond films if we're like going on that level. It's like, in terms of plots and stuff that could actually happen this is right up there you know yeah i mean yeah effectively a lot of it has but anyway but not <laughs> just not in terms of quantum um but still she's like well um i guess i'm just gonna have to tell bonds to uh stop killing people and um because they're gonna say yeah we need to basically either capture or kill bond um mm -hmm. and 
in in which part we also cut back to Bond and Camille. They found a way out, but then we also get to hear her backstory, which is quite yeah. thick, actually. Um, I mean, it has. I mean, it does serve a purpose because there is a yeah. payoff for it. But still, yeah. it's like, all right, this it's definitely the slowest part of the film by far. It's it's slow, but it's only for like one minute, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's okay. And you know, the acting is great as well. Daniel Craig's just standing there, like looking like he's doing a thousand mile stare. So. Mm. Um, and, and it's nice uh, for once I mean I'm going to skip ahead a bit actually I'll mention it when we get to the end but yeah go yeah. on as well you know they they go through a walk through the desert which is when you see all these poor villages you know don't know mm. why but Camille's going hobbit mode in the desert as well so you know RIP uh, to being burnt but anyway um, they do end up going back to the hotel um, and Bond finds M and like 50 other henchmen there or bodyguards in this case. He's like, you know, can you trust these men as well? Um, yeah. And they're in a very similar situation as to before. We get a great Goldfinger reference here too. Goldfinger tribute. You know what though? Now I come to think of it. One, I wonder if with uh, what's her, what's her name, Summer Fields or whatever. She's like the fact that M sent her probably deliberately actually to keep Bond busy. I mean, she's not an idiot, right? She's like very aware of Bond's, you know, urges, <laughs> let's say. And uh, in fact, probably that was all a deliberate move to keep him busy till they could turn up and apprehend him effectively. Um, but obviously didn't play out that way. So um, unfortunately for Summerfields, who definitely didn't deserve that, but yeah. does make for a good Goldfinger tribute, to be fair. Yeah, so she gets covered in oil, and it's supposedly drowned in it, actually. Um, and it's also a way to throw off MI6, being like, oh, this is about oil, when he's like, no, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they literally angled the camera exactly the same as um, they did in Goldfinger for that. Yeah, um, minus the pillar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she's like, well, you know, Bond, uh, tough luck. Uh, be able to, you know, give up all your weapons. A farewell to arms, which is also quite reminiscent of um, License to Kill. Yeah. And he beats up all of them while tied up in the lift, which is, I guess, quite cool, but also shows they're quite incompetent. Maybe M has kind of like purged all of the bodyguard ranks, um, which is mm. left like, you know, the trainees left. Maybe. Um, but it's great. It's quite funny as well because he comes out of the lift, you know, he's fine, he's got his gun again, and then M sees him and he's just like, you know, he has to confirm, I'm not doing this because of Vespa. I'm actually, I've got something going here, you know. And then she's like, wow, that's great. And um, <laughs> then says to someone else, yeah, I trust him. Um, so he manages to escape. And she's like, well, also, you know, you, there is a capture or kill on site sort of order for you. So Bond is actually in, you know, the deep end here, to be honest. Um, he's even more pursued in this than he was in License to Kill, so, which is quite good. Yeah. Because, um, you know, this is probably the Bond film where, in terms of your, where his actions actually have consequences. They kind yeah. of hold him to that most, as well as everyone else's, you know, actions all kind of interlinked here. Um, and uh, he does manage to dip, uh, but not before we he gets to meet Felix. Um, yeah. Who is like, they have a little conversation. He's like, well, you know, regimes change once a week down here, which is actually not far off from the truth either for South yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. I think Bolivia's had like 25 different constitutions or something at yeah. some point, or maybe I'm getting them mixed up. Um, but yeah, he was like, well, 
Yeah, and then Bond's like, well, you're not that cynical, are you, Felix? Uh, also, how much time do I have? And Felix is somehow telepathed because he uh, knows he has 30 seconds. Bond oh, escapes I love him. this interaction. It's so um, yeah. intimate, and it just really builds their friendship there. Like, right? And it's, it's so um, earned as well. It's not, like, forced or anything. That, that's yeah. why Jeffrey Wright is such a great... He's so, so good in that role, man. It's, again, why... He was so good as Jim Gordon in, in the Batman as well. Just he's just perfect for that that specific role, you know. And he's just Bond's buddy, you know. And it's like, yeah, I love it, man. They're looking out for each other whilst also not trying not to get like compromised and stuff. It's it's great. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's a shame he's never great. really got his own sort of action scene. But I guess he's not much of a, an action guy. Not as much as Bond, of course. Yeah. And it's yeah. great as well because yeah, you have this whole thing where Bond's like being chased and he's like taking down these guys with like guns and like proper like SWAT gear and so on. While like Felix is just everyone's down like gotten down in the bar. He's the only guy who just keeps drinking that he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. um, which is great. <laughs> and um unsurprisingly, Bond does escape. He doesn't get shot in the back of the head. Um and uh it was kind of where the film starts to reach its climax and he goes with Camille to the complex, which is yeah. Green's gaff, I suppose, that he's built there. Which oh, is actually the set again, design for this is amazing, man. I love this like base. It's base. so cool. Yeah. And the thing is that's interesting is this is again ahead of its time because I think I, I don't really want to get it wrong, but I think it's Saudi Arabia or the UAE or Qatar, or it's one of those like it's one of the Middle Eastern countries that's quite rich. Mm -hmm. They are actually building something which is effectively the same as this. It's not powered on, you know, red explosive barrels from video games, mm, yeah. but um, <laughs> but still. Um, well, I mean, yeah, even... I mean, it's effectively accommodation in like a really inhospitable environment. So, yeah, and that yeah. that really sums up the Middle East. And yeah, of course, it's all air conditioning and stuff, because if you go outside, yeah. you will fry. So, yeah. It is very cool, though, because you also get this kind of deal that goes down between the general and um, Dominic Green, which is quite cool, to be fair, because he's like, oh, yeah, just sign this. And then he's like, yeah, yeah whatever, you know. Um, it's like, so he gets his land, and then he's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, also, you need to sign this as well, because uh, I now own 60% of your water supply. <laughs> and then tells him, well, you know, you know, you can shoot me, but, you know, if, if you don't want to cooperate, well, just get another guy who will. And yeah, I think this is his like, best scene, personally. Like, it's very real again, and it's very like well acted and well delivered. And it's like this is that's the good thing about this film. There's basically nothing particularly cheesy happens in it or cringe. It's all like feels fresh, you know. Like you said, so yeah. that's definitely an advantage because they didn't go yeah. for like this global plot, you know, like or anything like that. It's, it's just like it feels, yeah, like very self-contained as well as well as being a great sequel to casino royale yeah and the funny thing is as well like while they're all sat on the balcony you know in, in mm -hmm. like um having a chat they were like some waitress asks them you know oh yeah do you want any drinks and then the general's like oh yeah set me a beer and the other guy's just like no go away <laughs> uh and uh, who was a friend of Mathis's, like that general who was at the party which i only realized this time um and, I mean, Bond and Camille, they go in. Oh, yeah, Bond gives her a lesson which uh, contradicts uh, Tenma's uh, instructor and monster. You only need one shot and uh, make it count. And, uh, you know, 
you know your instincts and your adrenaline and all that you know will tell you it's different because it's personal um but still it's uh i mean they both basically invade the building bond does a lot of uh destruction sets of a chain explosion um yeah and it's quite funny as well because green realizes bond's chasing him whilst the place is falling to pieces and he gets his henchman to stand there the bowl cut guy who's in <laughs> a neck brace now or something <laughs> And that guy gets like incinerated, like yeah. <laughs> I don't know, which is <laughs> the only. It, it makes it well. It's a satisfying death for him, just because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you know, dumbest looking henchman ever. I mean, no offense to the actor, but seriously. Yeah, I really uh, hope he got like other roles after this or off the back of this, and this yeah. isn't like his legacy, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, being that one guy from Quantum of Solace. And um, you get a great slow. I love this like slow mo shot of like greens like running away from like the smashing glass and the fire yeah. and everything. But the way this is filmed is just amazing. Like this yeah. whole sort of sequence. Yeah. Um, and even it's kind of funny when Craig has to actually fight him because it's like mm. obviously this guy's very short and obviously we get demolished by him in a regular fight. So they're like, all right, they're the Max Zorn approach and give him a yeah. fire axe. Oh, this is amazing, man. And the way it's deployed is so good as well. You know, I think the only thing that would have... With Dominic Green, I think... Literally, a, a change that I would have made is just give him a cooler surname. Because Green is like, whatever, you know. But if you give him, like, I don't know. If you just called him... I don't know why this is on my mind, but Mr. X or something like that. I mean, that would have been too much. But, you know, something, like, memorable, then that would have helped him out a lot, I think. But anyway, that's a small thing. Anyway, this fight is really cool. But still, he's like, he like, I don't know, he's got like the funniest like scream or yell when he's trying to like kill like Bond with this axe. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like some sort of animal, man. And, well, that's uh, totally guess what would happen guess... if you had a guy like that like pick up an axe and fighting for his life, man. Like that, that's, yeah, yeah again. I mean, for how mismatched they are, it's a great, uh, well choreographed fight. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think. Uh, and he gets he gets a fucking axe in the foot, man. Like, yeah, it culminates in that. And I was just trying to think, like, where exactly that axe fought. Because I, I think it, because obviously you've got the big toe and then, like, the middle sort of long toe. Not the middle toe, but next to that, you have this, and then the toes start getting smaller, right? So, like, I reckon it's between the, where it started. So, between the, the first two, the big two, and then, like, the little three. I reckon oh. it goes in there, man. Like, right in there. It's so gruesome, man. But, yeah, very, like... Yeah. And then, obviously, Camille's having her own little sort of bit as yeah, well. Yeah, boss battle. She gets yeah. her revenge on the general, so that was good. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the she's, like, that... you know, frightened in the corner again, like, when she was a child yeah, and like stuff, so... place is burning down. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, it's pretty depressing as well because, like, Bond is, like, I re you really, th I mean, they need to believe that he's just going to shoot both of them in the head. Yeah. Uh, but he's, like, yeah, like, close your eyes and so on. And she's, like, oh, yeah, yeah, remember what you said, you know, you've only got one shot or whatever. And um, conveniently, a, like, a, you know, a quick time event, the uh, piece of the wall falls off with a, a uh, explosive canister like there is in every room, you know, for room service or a quick getaway. And he oh, shoots well, it. it could have been like a fire extinguisher, right? Well, how would that explode? Well, like no, actually, you know, I would say because that is probably an AC building. I mean, for sure, then it probably would have those sort of canisters hanging around. So yeah. I think we can excuse that. Yeah, well, anyway, it blows a hole right in the wall and uh, they escape. Well, they also see Dominic Green try, like limping off into the desert. 
<laughs> which is great the way they like they leave him with like you know, oh because he, yeah. he's like oh, i answer all your questions you said you let me live and he's like yeah sure thing <laughs> and he gives him a can of motor oil he's like yeah i'll give you 20 miles before you start thinking drinking it which is just great they just drive off and leave him there yeah it's so good and you know what that's actually very similar to something that happens in john wick three i want to say a few years later so it's worth pointing that out i think very 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 cool like i don't know i just love that interaction that scene is just like and yeah it's brilliant it's very clever very good yeah and it's yeah, also you know obviously it's ironic because it's like oh you love it. and also um it's like a little bit of revenge for uh Summerfield, strawberry field sorry so yeah yeah true, true. Strawberry. yeah yeah because then um yeah what's his name yeah he you know ties up you know the end with um camille he's like oh yeah well you know i guess you've got a couple other things to do like break all these dams down get the water going again she's like yeah so they get to share their obligatory uh kiss and then we get that, bombs- that for me was just really Boy. bad that's you know I, that, that kind of soured the entire film in a way because you know they they they've finally nailed like a female lead who isn't like i mean she's attractive obviously but she's not you know just overly um sexualized or anything like that and and then they just go ahead and do that it's just like okay it's not like over the top but still like just would have been better if yeah, it's, not, it's like pierce brosnan style it's got like a mic up between them so you can hear everything um, yeah, I just, I just didn't. I just didn't. Just think the film would have been better without just that kiss. You know, it just cheapens it a little bit. I think. Yeah, I would probably agree. To be honest, I mean, it's something that Bond needs to move on from. To be honest. Although just we all know that uh, yeah. Daniel Craig's uh, lust for passionate kisses, you know, um, random moments with whoever's closest to him. So yeah, maybe it's. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, we get Bond's DLC mission at the end. Yeah. Um, which would normally be like, you know, Casino Royale style where it drags on and you want to shoot yourself. But it's actually fine in this, I think, because it's like in the snow. He's like, it kind of mirrors the beginning of Casino Royale a bit as well, where he's hiding in this guy's apartment. Um, and he pops in and he's like, well, actually, uh, your Vespa's X. And uh, this guy turns out that his whole, he basically runs a, a scheme where he pretends that he's being held hostage and uh, the he also gets with female agents and uh, uh, extracts information out of them and so on and so forth through this. Yeah, pretty and mad then, scam to be fair. It's like some yeah, he also gives them the same necklace every time and he's like, well, you know, I've <laughs> yeah, got one like that too. Bag. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh yeah, make it quick. And it actually doesn't show you uh, Bond shooting him because he doesn't kill him. Or at least he might have beaten the shit out of him, who knows. But um, it shows it like that Bond's grown because then he goes down to M and she's actually quite surprised that he hasn't killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I've definitely gotten over everything for sure, which uh, you would have hoped the filmmakers had as well. But anyway, um, he leaves yeah, the so necklace. That's the last we hear of Vespa, right? I mean, that's a really yeah, nice it ending. It really ties it all that. nicely together and a little ribbon. It's like, OK, perfect. Now we can move on from that. Please. Yeah, exactly. And then Hopefully. M's like, oh yeah, are you going to stop retiring now? And he's like, yeah, actually, I didn't retire or something. I don't know. He has some Wait. epic levels of going rogue here in this film. 
But that's the great. That's like I think that's the last frame is either the necklace in the snow or just bomb walking away. Oh, I love this. Uh, yeah, it's so good. It, I mean, the cinematography is great, and it's just like this snowy. Where is that in Finland? I want to say or something like that. I Not can't so remember sure. to be honest. But yeah, I just I like that environment. It's just such a great contrast to the desert as well that we just sort mm. of sat in for the last. Yeah. Now, so yeah. yeah. Bond in the snow is just always great, and it's a great way to end it. The only thing is, as well, of course, they put the gun barrel at the end again this time. Yeah. And I would say this itself is also probably one of the worst. Ah, it was perfect timing, actually. Tom's just joined us. Yeah, this is one of the worst gun time, barrels as well. Because okay. he's like. Yeah, it's just Jennifer. stupid. There was such a good opportunity to put it in earlier and they didn't. And they're just, yeah. oh, like, it's like they forgot. They were like, oh, uh, yeah, we need to put the gun yeah, barrel. Yeah, And it looks like Daniel Craig's like rushing to this. He's like, you know. He's like, his like head's bobbling about and he's like, you know, hunched <laughs> over. He shoots. And also, um, it zooms out to like the title. It's like Quantum Sauce. And then he also, you get to see Bond walk away from the gun barrel. Like he's, you know, doing like 50 takes or something. Yeah. Um, which is also, you know, not a nice end to it because it just makes you question what's going on. Yeah. But that is the end of Quantum of Solace. Um, quite a fast film. Quite a good film. Yeah, exactly. Generally speaking, you know, overall, well, like I said, it's fresh, kind of, is the best way I can describe this film. Yes, and uh, we're going to rank them, but uh, before we do, Tom, have you got your license to quiz? I want to play a game. Now, just as a preface, uh, Henry accidentally saw the budget box office, oh, so man. we're just going to do a best of five this time. Um, which I don't know if that's a disadvantage for me because I usually do quite well with the budget ones, but never mind, no excuses. Yeah, Let's uh, go ahead and see what you got, Tom. All right, so uh, this current score is 3 2 to James right now, and um, yeah, so with the best of these five questions I have, how well, many minutes? What, what was the budget in the box office, by the way? It was 200 million, 200 million for the budget estimates wow. and box office $589,580,482. So, this is more than dollars, so, you know. Yeah. It's probably like so, five quid back in 1962. <laughs> so, like, yeah. How many, well, this film is, as we all know, the shortest James Bond film. But um, can you guess how many minutes shorter is Quantum of Solace than the next shortest James Bond film, Goldfinger? Uh, it's about two minutes, right? I'm going to go four minutes. Well, uh, is one of you willing to amend on those answers? <laughs> Three minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, James... <laughs> got that um goldfinger one one hour 46 i thought it was also one hour 46 but anyway it was one hour 50 minutes and one seconds this thing was one hour 46 minutes and 14 seconds so it's three minutes and 47 seconds shorter so well, even my four minute guess would have been closer but yeah okay yeah nice uh nice. dominic green is played by a french actor how many Bond villains are played by French actors, including him, and up to this point? Oh, what a great question. Uh, okay, one... let me think. So you just want a number, right? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I'm going to go... Three? 
I'm going to go four. Um, we name, we name you them. can try and name them, yeah. All right, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. But J- J- James is correct. He is four. So. Okay, so I'm going to name the ones I had. So obviously this guy, Dominic Green, who mm, I would yeah. have forgotten to be fair. Yeah, he attracts Carl Stromberg and... Carl Stromberg's Swedish, isn't he? Is he? Well, if Henry wants to amend on that, then maybe... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, I don't know, I'm sure the actor... I'm trying to remember who the last one is. He is Swedish. I do know that. He is Swedish. Oh, um... The first French act... Yeah. Oh, hang so, on, hang on. Let me do you want to take a crack at it, Henry? Or yeah, go on, Henry. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember who it was. It was French. So um, we said Hugo Drax. Charles Drake. Wait, uh, uh, so Hugo Drax is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you take a guess, Henry. Oh, of course. Christopher Walken plays a French character, supposedly. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I left that out of it very yeah, yeah, yeah. because you get some really weird French, ethnicity. French actor as the main villain. Yep. Four of them. Okay, one. Uh, is it the guy from uh, Living Daylights? Uh, what's his name? Costco. No, he's Dutch. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah Brad Whitaker. <laughs> yeah, he's French pull up his villains, man. Oh, yeah, Carmen uh, uh, Electra. Yeah, Electric King. King. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right, well. so that's all. And, and there's one more, right? Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. You got, you got them all. So Hugo yeah, Drax. So who, who are they? So it was Hugo this Drax, guy, Dominic Green. Khan, Dominic Green and Electric King. All four. The guy from Kamal Khan was French? Yeah. You didn't know that. Louis, like, Louis Jordan. Really famous French actor. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I thought he was English. No, he's not English. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. I, get the, I still get the points for that, right? Do you do. Yeah. Yes, right, so <laughs> in the hotel scene at the end, a woman is seen serving <laughs> drinks to the villains. She is the granddaughter, actually, of which famous black and white actor? What? what do you mean black and white? You mean like from the 50s or whatever? Like a really old, old actor. And what? Uh, his granddaughter. Well, may, uh, is it male or female? Well, it's male. Are they in a Bond oh. film? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to no, guess. So, uh, uh, who's the person? Who's the person we're going to guess? Uh, wait, what? What did you try to say, Henry? Oh, wait, how? Was she the? She was like the granddaughter of Charlie Chaplin, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have to remember that trivia, man. That's so random. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I was hoping you would guess, and then because he's very famous, of course, so you'd eventually get it. Um. Who's Henry. the person who was the granddaughter? Where was she in this film? She was the one serving beer and like basically gets assaulted oh. almost at the end before Camille steps in. Um, and yeah. And which console did the Quantum of Solace video game release on? Xbox 360, I think. Nope. James, you could take a crack at it. Gonna go PS Vita. No, go on, Henry. Um, I don't know, the PS2 actually must have been. Yeah, Henry got that. Oh, such a... <laughs> we All got right. a, we have a draw coming up as well. I played on the Xbox 360 once, but yeah, poor thing. So did I. Um, 
the Bolivian water crisis was caused by privatization of Bolivia's water supply <laughs> and led to the worst affected city, uh, Cochabamba, having how many waters, uh, how many hours of running water per day? Oh, great question, man. Um, two. Oh, that's what I was going to say. How many hours of running? Oh, I wanted to say two. Is it a round number? Yes, it's completely a round number. All right, Henry, yeah, it's not like half. All right, hour. I'll go with um, one. Your final answers are one and two hours, respectively. Yeah, sure thing. You're both a little off, but Henry's closer, actually. So it was actually four hours of running water per day. So amidst bad, infl- the the um, the. Uh, of course, yeah. not that bad. I mean, you know, it is. It oh, is you, bad. Try. Considering considering that people had to spend like the price of water was rose risen by thirty five percent, and uh, by this one company that had a huge monopoly on it. And, well, that's just bad. But and that like, and that was that was you, know, amidst, you can you can deal with that. I think that no yeah. no no that was amidst like twenty five thousand percent in superinflation on their oh. currency already. So like. Yeah, it was like completely backbreaking to them, basically. So, yeah, and it happens. I think even after this film, again and again. So, yeah, like, what year? What year did that happen? You know, nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand. It was going on initially, and then it happened again. And I think, yeah, wow. it yeah, was. No, right. That's annoying. That's, man. That's I, I could have made the two points up on the. Uh, you could have, but um, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so that's license to quiz for this thing. Um, and so Henry's really... the winner, basically. Three. Then uh, we're on to the rankings. Then. Joyous. Joyous. Bond actor number one: Sean Connery. Number two: Timothy Dalton. Number three: Roger Moore. Number four: Pierce Brosnan. Number five: George Lazenby. Number six: Daniel Craig. What a mess of a list. Um, I think because of this, this this film just solely pushes him up to third. I was even considering if he would go above Timothy Dalton for this because of how good this sort of Yeah, I think he should, actually. Okay. But we all know what, what things that on? go up. We, we were saying that we, we think this is one of Daniel Craig's best like acting performances. So. I think I think so, too. Uh, but I don't think quite up to, like, third. Maybe, like... So, right now, it's Sean Connery, Timothy Dalton, Roger Moore. Um, yeah. And then George Lazenby. No, Pierce Brosnan and George Lazenby. Yeah, I think maybe he'd go above Pierce Brosnan if I'm being really generous, but like definitely. You know know what? I think Tom's right. Actually, I think it would be a bit of. We've got Skyfall anyway, so uh, I think. But Daniel Craig's going to yo-yo up and down this ranking to the. Yeah, he really will, man. (laughs) (laughs) So let's put Daniel Craig uh, fourth then for now. Yeah, I really yeah. This film had lots of yeah good characters and moments in it, and like I think this is kind of Sigma, but kind of not. Like yeah, yeah, a, yeah. There was some dialogue that I really like, like um, you can't put a price on integrity. I can try mm. and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other things like oh yeah, um, yeah, I'd rather stay in a morgue and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well then. Um... One of these very strong characters is the Bond girl who wouldn't yeah. be probably the Bond girl if they didn't share that kiss at the end. So um, Camille will find a place in our list, which at the moment is 
One, Tracy. Two, Natalia. Three, Cara. Four, Triple X. Five, Paris Carver. Six, Waylon. Seven, Miranda Frost. Eight, Domino. Nine, Holly Goodhead. Ten, Honey Rider. Eleven, Miss Anders. Twelve, Vesper. Thirteen, Octopussy. Fourteen, Melina. Fifteen, Tatiana. Sixteen, Pam and Lupe. Seventeen, Jinx. Eighteen, Aki and the Wife. Nineteen, Pussy Galore. Twenty, Tiffany Case. Twenty-one, Stacey Sutton. Twenty-two, Solitaire. Twenty-three, Goodnight. Twenty-four, Christmas Jones. Twenty-five. BB, where are we putting Camille? Uh, put just below Kara, honestly. Um, good. Like Kara's third, so I don't know if she goes that high. One one thing I like about Camille is she's extremely believable, which triple X, even with the name, isn't for me. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, I think. Yeah, but I still think I, I I don't know. I quite like if I go further down, I like Waylin, I like Paris Carver, uh, Miranda Frost is pretty good. I think, yeah, she'd probably go maybe below Miranda Frost for my money, but... We're not below Frost. I think people like Triple X, who are like supposed to be Russian agents, who are like completely not... Triple X is quite high. We should probably bring her down a little bit, but I think Um, we can amend those later. I think for now we could put... I would like to put uh, Camille below Waylin, personally. I think Waylin's better... I put her above Waylon because Camille has like personal motivation, and really Waylon's just like an action hero. So, so below Paris Carver or above Paris Carver? I think above below Paris. Paris. I think below Paris Carver. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm outnumbered on this. That means oh. uh, Camille goes in at sixth, which is very respectable. Yeah, and a list of twenty-six now. So yeah, uh, villain. We're gonna rank Dominic Green against number one Max Zorin. Two, Blofeld, Donald Pleasance. Three, Goldfinger. Four, Sally Savalas, Blofeld. Five, Double Six. Six, Le Chiffre. Seven, Fran Sanchez. Eight, Gustav Graves. Nine, Hugo Drax. Ten, Elliot Carver. Eleven, Scaramanga. Twelve, Kamar Khan and Orloff. Thirteen, Dr. Kananga. Fourteen, Dr. No. Fifteen, Rosa Klebb. Sixteen, Electric King and Renard. Seventeen, General Hummel. Eighteen, Largo. Nineteen, Stromberg. Twenty, Koskov and Whisker. Uh, 21, Christatos, 22, Largo and Blofeld from Never Say Never Again, and 23, Charles Gray Blofeld. So, I think he goes maybe around Electric King, maybe below Largo sort of thing, because um, because he, he's good, but like unfortunately he doesn't get that much to do. Like, he has some good lines. Yeah. I, I love yeah. the I love the line where it's like a oh please my friends call me Dominique and he's like I'm sure they do and it's like okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I think that is like, fair I mean up. we've got sixteen yeah. Electric King seventeen Hummel eighteen Largo I think they should, he should go above Largo and, and Hummel but maybe below maybe yeah, above Electric King and Renner he's better than Electric King man yeah mm. gonna have to go on about the Oedipus complex and all this bullshit for yeah that. yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. Because... So then, below Rosa Klebb and above Electric King, how about that? I'd actually even put him above Rosa Klebb, to be honest. Really? Yeah. He's such a slimy, you know, like hateable character. He is. He is like a complete bastard. But like, um... I mean, by the end of it, you, well, you're so like Rosa Klebb. She's like, you know, yeah. and you're glad to hear by the end of it that he's got like filled his lungs with oil. Yeah, Henry, I'm trying to defend, you know, from Russia with love here. I mean, what, what about her? Yeah, like, Rosa Klebb's not the best part from Russia with love, and we know that. To so. be fair, that's a, yeah. Dominic Green does get really. I did, what did you think of the fight though, where he like goes insane with like the act? It's great, man. Yeah, it's weird to think that like he, the fight he, is good. 
he gets a physical fight almost with Daniel Craig, but like Silver doesn't, and like the Sheep doesn't yeah. really. So it's quite funny. But um, I think Rosa Clemp does. She does, yeah. Um, yeah, tries to kick him in the nuts. Yeah, no, I mean this territory is Doctor No, Rosa Clemp. I, I I can't really put Dominic Green above them. Well, I, we like him, but I, I think. All right. 60. Well, I'm not going to die on this hill. So you yeah, know, my main fighting has already been done in the list. So, so. Tom, above or below Rosa Clemp? Um, surely below. I think they're both really good. Um, I think I think Rosa Klebb's just a bit more iconic in general, so I'll put I'd go with her. Really, she has that cool shoe which puts her above him. Yeah, exactly. but I mean, you know, she has a blade coming out of her shoe, and Dominic Green has one going into it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, this is made two thousand eight, so we get to I forgot to make a Heath Ledger joke. So sorry, uh, everyone. Yeah, we'll insert that now. Uh, well, you'll be able to make that in the next film because lots of that is inspired. Oh yeah. Mm, nah, well, I don't know about that. But anyway, all right, henchmen. We're going to rank the bowl cut guy against uh, one Jaws, <laughs> two Odd Job, three Red Grant, four Necros, five Zhao, six Mayday, seven Boris Zenya and Arumov, uh, eight Goblin and the Twins, nine Tihi and his mates, ten Bunts, eleven Dario, twelve Luke and Eric, thirteen Winston Kid, fourteen Stamper, fifteen Nicknack, sixteen Fiona, seventeen Hands. I think this guy goes below hands. Yeah, the very bottom of the yeah, list. He, yeah, he's bowl yeah, cut guy me. is going in. Yeah, the, the best part of this film where he's like trips down the <laughs> stairs and sprains his neck. That's literally it. Yeah, <laughs> and we see him later in the neck brace. Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and also when he gets incinerated, like vaporized by all the flames. Anyway, the DBS returns, so we're going to rank it. It's already fourth. So number one, Aston Martin DB5. Two, Aston Martin Vanquish. Three, Aston Martin Vantage. Four, Aston Martin DBS. Five, Little Nelly. We move the DBS at all? No. Or, I mean, above the Vantage or, or keep it where it is? Yeah, just keep it where it is, to be honest. Tom? Yeah, yeah I'm in agreement with that. Okay. M is still uh, Judy Dench, number one. <coughs> Uh, oh, Ally slash Felix Leiter. Number one, Draco and Campbell. Two, Tiger. Three, VJ. Four, Valentine Zakowski. Five, Quarrel and Leiter. Six, <laughs> Henry Drinton, the Felix Leiter. So, can we move him up? I think. Yeah, I, I think, think he so. was. I think he was amazing. I think this is his best film, actually, because like he. Again, like yeah. we had the really the moment where he like is asked to ID James Bond, and he like catches the phone without looking, and like yeah, I really like I really like so the, good, man. I like how he takes over from that flipping CEA chief. Of yeah, that's that's the most unrealistic part of this film. Well, as if it's like yeah. we get two gunshots to the back of the head, and fall down the stairs. They call it a suicide. Yeah, he I, got I, the guy's job. It's another thing yeah, I, that would happen. I think he. Yeah, I know, but it is what it is. Um, I think yeah, we can move him up a little bit because this yeah. is better. So above him is um, Coral and Lighter and Valentine Zakowski and VJ. So I don't think he's quite VJ levels. Maybe he's above, above or below Valentine Zakowski. I think above because he's like we can change this also with time, yeah. no time to die because I don't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Zakowski's great though, but I like. Yeah. He changes too much for me, like... Yeah, that is true. He really has, like, 
almost whiplash of character sort of change with Daniel Craig. Oh. Not Daniel Craig, Piers Brosnan. Yeah, he's like a flipping well, um, best friend in the world's not enough. Teddy. Well, okay, so above or below, what are we saying? Above. I don't mind. Above? I'd say yeah, above. Yeah, Light right. is more consistent in this. It's in the... All right, so Jeffrey Light is Felix. Sorry, Jeffrey Light. Jeffrey Wright's Felix Leiter is going in at fourth now. Finally, uh, a good uh, Felix Leiter. Gadget. I don't think we have a gadget. Okay, theme song. You got the little cute earphones, you know. Huh. Yeah, the goodie bag. Um, yeah. All right, theme song. We've got uh, what's it called? Another, Another way, way to die. die, which is up against number one. You know my name. Two, on a Master Secret Service. Three, View to a Kill. Four, the James Bond theme. Five, Live and Let Die. Six, License to Kill. Seven, The Living Daylights. Eight, Goldfinger. Nine, You Only Live Twice. Ten, Golden Knight. Eleven, Tomorrow Never Dies. Twelve, The Man with the Golden Gun. Thirteen, Few Eyes Only. Fourteen, Never Say Never Again. Fifteen, Thunderball. Sixteen, Nobody Does It Better. Seventeen, Moonraker. Eighteen, Diamonds Are Forever. Nineteen, From Russia With Love. Twenty, The World Is Not Enough. Twenty-one, Die Another Day. Twenty-two, All Time High. I think it goes above or below Goldfinger. Actually, I really like this theme song. Like yeah. it's my favorite. It's my favorite of all the Craig ones, actually. So seriously, yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it's it is a good one. I, I think I agree with Tom. I think so it much. probably just goes yeah, below Goldfinger than, like, and above the only twice. Yeah, that's good. But like one of them was on my iPod Shuffle and one of them wasn't. So uh, <laughs> what am I gonna? You missed out, say? man. I don't. Not to mention, not to mention what's to come as well. Everyone anyway. else can like that for but, me. But, but I, look, I like this more. But look, let's. I think below Goldfinger and above the Only Twice is a pretty good spot. Oh, by the way, did you know that there was meant to be like a Shirley yeah, Bassey? Shirley Bassey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, really there cool. wasn't meant to be. She just did that after the film. Um, yeah. How did it? Yeah. Um, I, was, I so, don't know. To be fair, I'm not too like. Uh, adamant as to whether they should go above I or below Goldfinger. So. Below Goldfinger, because Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah, is I so think classic. you're spot yeah. on. There. I agree with that. So it's going in at ninth then. Below Goldfinger, above Yonder twice. Opening. So that car chase, which Henry's not a big fan of, but Tom, I'm surely you like it, right? Either. I'm not really? a big fan of Like, I think the opening should have been that, and a bit longer, it should have been that, plus yeah. the bit where he intercepts like yeah, Mitchell yeah. and like does the cool like turn and shoot thing. Yeah, yeah. If it, that was the intro, it would have been way hyper. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. Oh, can you imagine with the music like cue as well? Yeah, it'd have been amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it would have been because it it's like a bit like of a which strange thing where it opens the boot and then then it cuts into it because it's like yeah, 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 yeah. Well, as it is, uh, number one is Die Another Day. Two. The Spy Loved Me, three, Goldfinger, four, Octopussy, five, Moonraker, six, Goldeneye, seven, The Living Daylights, eight, View to a Kill, nine, Tomorrow Never Dies, ten, Casino Royale, eleven, The World Is Not Enough, twelve, Unimaged Secret Service, thirteen, From Russia With Love, fourteen, The Man With the Golden Gun, fifteen, License to Kill, sixteen, You Only Live Twice, seventeen, Thunderball, eighteen, Live and Let Die, nineteen, Few Eyes Only, and ten, uh, twenty, sorry, Diamonds Are Forever. Wow. Um, yeah, I reckon... The Life from Russia with Love. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Life from Russia Love above the man with the golden gun. Could you like read around the um the um kind of golden eye area of that? Golden eye sixth, and then the living daylights is seventh, eighth is a view to the kill. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> I actually really like this film. It's I know it's like it's something of a guilty pleasure for me. Like um, I, I used to, first time I watched it, 
I really hated it. And it was the last film I ever watched that was like catching up with all the James Bonds, which like I'd not ever seen before. So, and there was like a really low note. But since then, I watched it again and again, and I really yeah. like. It's and, definitely a film that ages really well, and it's it, and the, it's the plot, very solid. The, the plot is amazing, by the way. Like people hate on it, but it's so realistic and so like for all the for all the. Sh- the shortness the people of who the hate f- on it most are the people who made the film, which I don't understand. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah and, and like for all the short time, it's like really, it really like delves into like some really interesting like places which Bond never goes before or since. Yeah. So, 100%. and like I really, I don't know, like people f- from uh, I think people from like lower developed countries where this sort of stuff happens can relate with it more, but um, because yeah, as you know, like we we live James. And, James and I are living in Serbia right now, and there was a similar thing with Rio Tinto, like, like a year ago or something. But um, and mining. So, I think this this thing has really aged very well, and um, and uh, yeah, I actually watched it most of all the Daniel Craig films in my yeah. own time. Yeah, like. I don't know, but, like but some just just because it sounds like you're building up to ranking the film itself. We're we're just doing the opening yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so for the opening, I think below from Rush with Love, band, above the Man with the Golden Gun, was that fair? I yeah. think maybe I would even maybe put it below the Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, I might agree because 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 it's oh, yeah, it's Christopher Lee. Yeah, all right. It's Christopher Lee, my favorite <laughs> thing I've ever heard. All right, Quantum Solace is going in at fifteenth then for the opening. Now the Sigma moment. What are we going to nominate? Um, I'd like to have an honourable shout out to that guy who says no, go away to the waitress. I think Bond himself is a Sigma male in this film, bit, more so yeah. than perhaps. I think he is coping other. a bit in it though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and the ending. I, really... I was tempted to like um, put one of the questions: How many times does James Bond say the word Vesper in this film? Um, I shot myself. <laughs> yeah, is is, uh, is that ball cut guy? So, what there? moment are we? I think the one where, where Dominic Green, where the field, uh, no, not fields, um, Haynes like falls on the car. And he's like, does he work for me? Then why is he looking at me? And shoots. Yeah, him. I think that's that's a good one. That's quite what about what about? I know it's not like completely like Sigma, but it is quite memorable. Well, for me, quite memorable. It's like you can't put a price on integrity. I can try. Mm, that's a good one. I think his confrontation with the general as well, where he's like, "Well, you know, like." Oh yeah. End, that, oh yeah, yeah. That, so his specific line was when he said, "You know, you can shoot me in the head and uh, you know have us you know sleep tight tonight." Like you know, he's just threatening him basically, hmm. and he just shows that he's not afraid of him either. He just doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty. I mean, also the fact that he's just duped this guy into signing over like over half yeah. of his Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Huh? Well, should we put that moment then? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Right, like, you know, you can shoot me now. Okay, so that, so Dominic Green versus the general, let's say, goes, uh, we've got one Goldfinger I own the club, two, yeah, a convenient, well, Max Orin, three, um, Gustav Graves, you know, dismissal of the importance of sleep, four, backgammon in Octopussy, five, you missed Mr. Bond, did I? Uh, six, Red Grant. Seven, the Chiffre. Uh, well, Mads Mixon. Eight, Blofeld's Extortion. Nine, Doctor No. Ten, Carver. Elliot Carver. Oh, yeah, in, Insanity and Genius. Eleven, the Thumbs Up in uh, in The Rock. 
12, Timothy Dalton's Bond, presumably in Licence to Kill. 13, oh, James, I need you. So does England. We should go higher, I think, now. Uh, 14, launder it. 15, Natalia versus the computer salesman. 16, uh, make sure they lose it in this casino. 17, Tracy's Countess. 18, Scaramanga. 19, Eric. 20, Blofeld's Battle Submarine. 21, David Niven. 22, Names for Tombstones Baby. 23, King Country. 24, Q in Never Say Never Again. You know, favorite song. Um, this is also something that I want to bring up. Um, yep. I would put it above Bloodfoot Extortion. And the thing okay. is, as well with it, is in this film, obviously, they don't have the rights to Spectre. And for the last two Bond films, they've been trying to build up this new organization called Quantum. And after seeing this, I actually find this more interesting than Spectre is, to be honest. They could have just left that in the past. Um, you know, just do away with Blofeld and you've just got Mr. White instead, who's actually more interesting. Yeah, but I, well, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put him above Natalia versus a salesman, for example. Oh, you, yeah, you, you, do, you do but have... But still, like, he's to take over this guy's country, basically, for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true. I mean, it, yeah, it's it. the more you look into that, specifics of that messed up, you find out it is, basically. Um, yeah. Um... I don't think it goes quite that high because because yeah. we're talking about the Sigma moment and this that is, is the, really Sigma. The plot, to be fair. the plot is, it like, is yeah, yeah, but the whole film is like, yeah, like you said, some quite Sigma in general, but yeah, um, it's literally me film. Well, hmm? what? But yeah, um, all right. So where are we going to put it then? That's my suggestion, but so you reckon below Mance Mikkelsen and above Blofeld's Extortion, I would put it a bit further down, maybe. It, it, it lacks its great line, but it's not like the delivery. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, uh, as it's no, as I guess it lacks the punch. I feel. Oh, I'd probably put it below Natalia versus the computer salesman, and then above, make sure they she loses it in this casino, or they lose yeah, it. Yeah, all, right, all right, I think that's fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as harsh as that. Maybe if you go on, go to the ones immediately above. Above it is launder it, and then. Uh, James, I need you. So does England. It can't go above that. No, it can't go above either of those. To me, I think James actually. Yeah, just Wait. below launder it, I guess. Launder. <laughs> All right. So Dominic versus General. I'll just put that. Or I'll put Dominic buys Bolivia. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's gone at sixteenth there. Um, yeah, he like hijacks it basically. All right, now we're going to rank the film itself. So, Quantum of Solace is going up against one on a Master Secret Service, two Goldfinger, three Octopussy, four License to Kill, five Moonraker, six The Living Daylight, seven The Spy Loved Me, eight You Only Live Twice, nine Die Another Day, ten Goldeneye, eleven Casino Royale, <laughs> Henry Point Brackets, the good one, twelve Tomorrow Never Dies, thirteen A View to the Kill, fourteen The Man with the Golden Gun, fifteen Living Let Die, sixteen Doctor No, seventeen From Russia with Love. 18, The Rock, 19, The World's Not Enough, 20, Thunderbolt, 21, Never Seen Ever Again, 22, Fury's Eyes Only, 23, Diamonds Are Forever, 24, Casino Royale. Where are we going to put Quantum of Solace? Uh, think... This might be a bit of a hot take, but above or below is why I love me. Mm. Oh, that's far too high. I thought far I was going to be generous. Um... What's, above, what's below is why I love me, I forget. You Only Live Twice. And then die another day, and then Golden Eye. I think this, those are all better than Quantum of Solace, mm. especially as Bond films, right? I mean, as much as this is a good film, it's not really a Bond film. I think, I think, it's a, way. yeah, I think, I think you might have a point. I think it's above Tomorrow Never Dies for me. Like I'd, 
Mm. Well, you, Henry, you're pulling the face, but you're going to put it above Spy Love Me, which is also... Yeah, I know, but I'm just thinking... It's I'm, I, I, I'd actually probably put it below... I mean, we've got Tomorrow Never Dies and then A View to the Kill. I'd probably put it below A View to the Kill, to be honest. <laughs> a View to the Kill should be above be- Tomorrow Never Dies, I think. Is it at yeah. least better than Casino Royale, to be honest, because of the pacing? Mm, no, no, not better. No. And the amount of Vespa you get in that as well. Oh, you get Vespa in plenty in this as well. Yeah, I mean, no, it's but it's actually season somehow season less season. intrusive. <laughs> nah, I, I'd put it below you to kill, actually. Personally. Um, yeah. And bear in mind, that still means it's going above The Man with the Golden Gun, Live and Let Die, Dot Snow from Russia with Love, which I think is also generous. But I'd, I'd actually be quite tempted to put this below from Russia with Love, not because it's a bad film, but because... The reason, I I'm ig- the reason I'm ignoring the fact it would go above yeah. Dots Known from Rush with Love right now is because we'll have that, you know, so ability yeah. to, cha- right. to change uh, it lately. Yeah, later. fucking we'll go back in time and change everything. All right, so I think it's the kill above Man with Golden Gun. So that'd be. Right, I think yeah, I think you've managed to convince really... it down quite far. No, because this is, this is one of the only films, Daniel Craig, that you'll hear me seeing praises for. Like, because huh. I think it's it's overhated by a large degree, and like, I I really yeah, as I said, it's the one I watched most of his ones, like on my own initiative. Um, I think I'd put it. The thing is, is that a View to Kill should be above Tomorrow Never Dies, in my opinion. But um, I think it goes above Tomorrow Never Dies, like. Yeah, I can it has. Get that. C- yeah, it has. No, come film. on, man, Max Zorin. Yeah, but we can reshuffle it later. Because I think. Because I think. Because I think. Cause I, think no, I, I, I don't want to rely on reshuffling it. About. I think fourteenth is still a respectable ranking, and it's still higher than most people would have it as well. So. Yeah, but in in a view to a kill, the only good thing in it is Max Zorin and some of the soundtrack. That's about it. Yeah, and Golden Gate Bridge in the opening. You yeah, know. the Golden Gate Bridge fight is just a massive wasted opportunity because Roger Moore's like 90 in that film. <laughs> right, well, um, anyway, um, I, I, I think... I, you know, I, I don't think there's anything Quantum of Solace that, I mean, you know, a view to kill us high highs and low lows and Quantum of Solace is much more of a, like a steady eddy, so... I think it has high high and low lows. For well, me, what's personally. the high highs of Quantum of Solace? You got Felix Leiter, you got the plot, you got the, um, the fight at the end, you got, um... Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, got... I hear that, but I still don't think that means it goes above a view to a kill, personally. Or about above a view to a kill and below tomorrow never dies, so no one's happy. <laughs> well, are you okay with that, Tom? Because if so, um, I'm I, I don't think that's really fair. Um, I think, I think overall, I have seen a view to a kill more times. So, like. And it is, yeah, my first Bond, so maybe well, I'll yeah, let's, like, again, let's go. Desert Island Disc, man. Which one are you taking with you? A View to a Kill or Quantum of Solace? A View, to a, a view to a Kill. Exactly. Yeah, I think you make a point. <laughs> All right. But we still, we're still thinking, fans of Quantum of Solace. This is fine. We're not saying it's, it's still very solid, and, um, you know, we'd recommend it for sure. It has the millionth seal of approval. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, like a video coincidence. Yeah, that so is... <laughs> That is Quantum Solace. I mean, I don't know if either of you have anything else to say about it. Ah, apart from the uh, apart, the uh, alternate ending that could have been filmed. I think they did film it, but they just didn't use what it. What was the alternate ending? Tom. There was also, it's where um, he confronts, well, what's his name? Mr. White gets to, gets to drop on 
Vesper's boyfriend first, but then Daniel Craig walks in on it, and it ends with a gun barrel of him shooting uh, oh. Mr. White, just like he did in to start off Casino Royale. There was also a, a different plot point where this is supposed to be the one where like M gets shot and stuff, oh. and you see like a weird cut where she goes down at the beginning after the guy fires, but like oh. I think they must have edited in like a bullet yeah, or something, yeah. so it like hits the IV drip or whatever they have there and. She survives for uh, a little longer. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I'd probably go back and watch this again. Like, I couldn't say the same. I couldn't say the same for every Craig film. So, yeah. And I re- I appreciate how it's, like, short, kind of, as well. Like, oh, yeah. It's short. So, short. It's like a breath of fresh air amidst all these, like, really heavy Craig films. And it's, like... Yeah. Well, this is yeah. thematically quite heavy. It's just not um, kind of, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a, th- a very thick film in terms of like, it was like trudging. Yeah, it's not too heavy. It's not trying to do too much. It's just like, it's, it sits nicely. And I don't think, I'm surprised we've gone this far without Mr. White, you know, like a... Yo, um, Mr. White. Mr. White. And we get, we get, um, we get another stupid American thing as well with that chief yeah. of section. Yeah, which is right. oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so, okay, yeah. well, that's all we have to say. Then, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week with Skyfall. Skyfall done. Skyfall. Oh, Same I can't time. fucking wait, man. Same I think this time. is my favorite film that we'll have reviewed since the Batman. So, yeah, looks forward to it. Which, same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>